The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up, it's up, it's up, it's up, it's up. Talk of Champions. I've been Garrett at Spirit. Been on Twitter. He's David Johnson at Rebels247. If you haven't already subscribed, rate, review, talk of Champions on iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. Doesn't matter what you say as long as it's five stars. We both write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, affiliate of 247 Sports. Today's guest on Talk of Champions is Ole Miss defensive end Cedric Johnson because it's game week. Game week, finally. Ole Miss in Louisville next Monday. 7 p.m. Central Time on ESPN and the Chick-fil-A kickoff. And David's getting back from New Mexico just in time, driving back from New Mexico as we record this. Hey, buddy, what's up? Yeah, I am actually right in front of the White Sands National Monument. And uh, as you just listened to, went through a Border Patrol checkpoint that was uh, less than thorough. So uh, anyway, uh, appreciate them getting us on through there. And uh, excited to be on Talk of Champions and uh, – Thank you again for the opportunity of co-hosting this podcast with you. It's the best Ole Miss podcast out there. I'm excited about moving forward with that. And uh, we got a lot to talk about today, Ben. We do. And the check's in the mail for saying such nice things about this podcast, okay? So when you get back home, there'll be a nice treat for you waiting in the mailbox just for saying those nice things. All right. Yeah, just for saying those nice things. How was New Mexico going and seeing Eli play? You know what? It was it was a great trip. Anytime you can, uh, you know, spend some time and watch your son play college football. It's awesome. Uh, as you know, a little bit of travel difficulties on the way over. I'm in a rental car. My car is in Fort Smith, Arkansas. Uh, that's where we broke down on the side of the road coming. And, uh, the good folks there are putting a new catalytic converter into my car right now. And, uh, we'll pick it up. Tuesday morning and make the final leg back to Oxford. So uh, excited to get back home, but uh, different kind of experience out here. Now I got to confess, I didn't know a whole lot about New Mexico state football and the culture. So I was a little bit shocked. My wife and, and my daughter were surprised when we sat down in the stadium and started hearing the dastardly ring of cowbells. Ben, They ring cowbells at New Mexico State. I had no idea. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yeah. But, um, you know, they're the number 130 out of 130 FBS football team in America, according to Affline, I believe. And um, Affline got it right, I, I think. <laughs> uh, 
you know, just um, it's it's interesting. You know, I'm of course used to watching SEC football, and teams like that will come to Oxford a couple times a year, and it's a lopsided affair usually. Um, you know, Utah won the game thirty to three, and uh, there just wasn't much to talk about. You know, looking at the roster and watching these guys play, there are ten or fifteen guys that a program like Ole Miss would uh, would be able to get some use from, would get playing time in Oxford. Um, and that's kind of the issue. There's just not enough, uh, you know, really good talent on that roster. They're in a difficult spot. They're out here in the middle of the desert. There's no high school football talent in the state of New Mexico, relatively speaking. And honestly, there aren't any, there isn't any in El Paso which is 35 miles south of Las Cruces, you know, and, and the West Texas kids are going to Texas Tech, or if they're really good, they're going to A&M or Texas. And uh, there's no talent for 400 miles around here, to be honest with you. So they're in a very difficult situation. How and did Eli the, play? I saw the final score, and it was lopsided. You know How did Eli play? You know what? I thought coming into this, I thought his best two games I ever saw him play was 2019 LSU game. And the 2019 Eggbowl. Uh, but he, he, he played, I think, his best game Saturday night. Uh, graded out really high. And, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, he's having fun. He understands the situation he's in. Um, he's going to make the best of it. Gets to play in a lot of cool places. They play San Diego State this Saturday night in Los Angeles. Uh, so uh, San Diego State's building a new on-campus stadium, and it's not ready. Nowhere for them to play in the city of San Diego. So they're, uh, they've moved north with their home games, and they'll play in Los Angeles. So he used to play a football game in L.A. He's going to get to go to Hawaii later this year. Comes back south, gets to play at Alabama, Kentucky. It's a good schedule, challenging schedule. Uh, I do think New Mexico State may be staring 0-12 right in the mouth. So, you know, that's part of it, but uh, – but a good trip, and but excited to come back to what I understand is rainy Oxford. Rainy, right yes. I actually got an alert because my family obviously goes to New Albany, and I got an alert. They're letting out at noon because of Ida and everything. I guess this is the last remaining remnants of it coming up this way. So, yeah, rainy Oxford, Mississippi, rainy New Albany, Mississippi. For you, i got to ask a question. You sent me some pictures of you wrestling yeah. in a wrestling <laughs> rink. Okay, I don't understand. Was a wrestling yeah. rink just sitting in the parking lot outside the stadium? What, what did you do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so they, they had these professional wrestlers from Mexico that came in to uh, wrestle during the tailgating pregame activities. And uh, so my seven-year-old and I climbed in the ring, and uh, we did a little faux wrestling for a little while, much to the uh, crowd's pleasure. And had a great time. Look, it's a different experience. We pull up in the parking lot, and there's some UTEP fans tailgating right next to us. And uh, turns out they were the parents of UTEP's starting left guard. So we start talking and everything, end up tailgating with them. I look over at my wife. Listen, let me tell you something. My wife, my by-the-book teetotaler wife, is taking tequila shots with the mother of the left guard from UTEP. And... Um, you know, so that, that kind of surprised me a little bit. So I took a shot and uh, loosened up a little bit, had a great time in the pregame. Nothing like the Grove. Uh, there were maybe 24,000 people there for the game in a 32,000-seat stadium. 
Um, but the, the pregame was fun. We enjoyed it. Mariachi bands everywhere. Just a different kind of experience. Let me just say that. But they, they treated us great. We, we hung out in the uh, Athletic Alumni Association. They had a big area out there. They fed us. They, they made sure we were taken care of. So fantastic experience. We, we loved it. Absolutely loved it. It's a hell of an idea. You got lucha wrestling out there in New Mexico. You could have, I guess, Memphis Championship wrestling in the parking lot. I don't know, right outside the Turner Center or something at Ole Miss. I'm just saying that's a heck yeah, of an idea. I, I'll say this, and I don't mean this in a derogatory way, but um, and my wife commented on this as well. The girls at Ole Miss dress with class. At New Mexico State, it is more of cut-off blue jean shorts and uh, and not much on the top. And, uh, you know, that was a little bit of a different kind of uh, vibe. Uh, you know, and then the, then the regular fans, they're, they're plaid shirts, cowboy hats, cowboy boots, stuff like that. Uh, the students, though, uh, they it's a, it's a party for them for sure. Well, I'm glad that you're headed home. Stay safe. Be careful. It's game week. And obviously, Ole Miss has been hitting itself for over a month or almost a month now at this point. So what is this week like for Ole Miss? What would it be like? Because we haven't got to talk to them since last Thursday. The media opportunity for Saturday was canceled. The next one is tomorrow on Tuesday. If you're listening to this, it's today on Tuesday. So what is game week like for them now? Yeah, they're going to back off on on the physicality this week. Let the guys kind of get their legs back. Let the guys kind of heal up banks and bruises. Uh, you know, honestly, at this point, the physical hay is in the barn, Ben. I mean, this is going to be a week that's going to be stressful mentally as you nail down, Pat, what you're expecting from Louisville, uh, you know, both, both sides of the football. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, it's a little bit of a different game week with you playing on a Monday night. So this is kind of like, you know, in the season, this would be a game day. Then you would start your regular week. Uh, but that's that's what it is all about this week. You're polishing edges. Uh, you're healing your guys up. You're getting their their legs back under them so that uh, they're ready to roll against a football team in Louisville that went four and seven last year. But I'm telling you, that team could have easily been eight and three. Okay, they had some tough breaks along the way. Uh, Satterfield's got a great staff up there. Gunner Brewer's on that staff. Uh, they're going to be prepared. I still don't know preparation for them will equal success stopping that Ole Miss offense. I don't think that's going to happen. I think the key to this game, not the Jazz, but since we're talking about it, is how the Ole Miss defense plays. I think that's the bottom line. The Ole Miss offense is going to score points. Uh, Is this defense improved like we kind of feel like it is? Uh, We're going to find out for sure Monday night in Atlanta. A new year, time for new growth. Grow your education and skills with Herzing University. Our online behavioral health programs fit your schedule and time. From an eight-month diploma program in health and human services to a 36-month bachelor's in psychology. Grow your behavioral health career with us wherever you are in your education. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Visit us online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. Online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, Ole Miss defensively gave up nearly 40 points per game last year. And Louisville, yes, despite being 4-7, and seven, offensively they were pretty good. Not as good as they were the year before, but they were number 48 in the country in passing offense, 29th in rushing offense, and they return a veteran quarterback in Malik Cunningham, who's a dual-threat guy. He struggled with turnovers last year, but 2,617 yards passing, 20 touchdowns, rushed for 609 yards, an additional seven scores. Yeah. So for a defense that you're looking to see if it's improved or not, on paper, this looks like a good, tough first test. Yeah, absolutely. Particularly going to test the Rebels' ability and soundness at tackling on the second level uh, with Cunningham. Because, as you just mentioned, he's a dual threat. This is a guy that, if his receivers are covered, he's breaking out of the pocket. He, he's, they do a lot of rollout stuff anyway, but he's going to use his legs. He's going to challenge your secondary's ability to tackle. Uh, he's a big guy. And uh, he's a fast guy, and uh, they're 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 not foolish. They're going to use his legs. Quarterback's going to be a runner in this game. Uh, they, you know, they're going to throw the football. They're going to chuck it around. But the quarterback is going to be a rushing weapon that Ole Miss is going to have to contain. And uh, you know, they're not necessarily they they haven't proven to be good at that. So you know, what I think you're going to see in Atlanta is is a, even though even though it's a week one game. I think you're going to see a high-scoring affair. Um, but I do think the Rebels have more horsepower and uh, just kind of teasing the the, the, the the predictions on this game that we always do every week during the season. Uh, you know, I think Ole Miss, too much horsepower, they'll pull away in the end to, uh, to a little bit of a, a, a convincing victory, a comfortable victory. Let me say that. But I do think that for at least three quarters, it's going to be way more uncomfortable than Ole Miss fans want. No, I agree. I think Ole Miss pulls away at the end. I want to emphasize at the end. I think it's going to be a fight for three quarters. I really do. Is there anything we don't know offensively, defensively, as far as positionally? Is anything unsettled? Offensively, I don't think so. And defensively, to be honest, you know, it's so hard to get a grasp on depth chart on the defensive side, number one, because such a heavy rotation. I mean, you know, D tackles and linebackers and, and DBs constantly rotating in and out. Of all the action we've seen, then so many different formations. There are going to be multiple on the defensive side of the football. And, uh, you know, that comes with personnel changes depending on what formation you're in. So, you know, I think defensively the plan is to play a lot of guys and to keep a lot of guys fresh throughout this game, especially in game one. You can do what you want to in camp trying to get game ready in terms of uh, being in shape, but really only games make that happen really and truly. So, you know, there'll be some cramps on week one, even though you're in, inside the air conditioned Mercedes Benz stadium. Uh, but I think you're going to see a lot of bodies flying around on defense. Offensively. I think we know the lineup, you know, there may be a jiggle here and there in terms of uh, when they get out there in a four receiver set as to who the fourth receiver is. 
but we know what the offensive line looks like. We know the rotation in the running back. It's going to be Jerry on Ely, Henry Parrish, Newt Connor, and I think heavy doses of all of them. And uh, in the slot, you know, that's been a position we've all wondered how that's going to play out. I think it's a platoon situation, particularly early in the year. Uh, don't be surprised, and we've told you this, don't be surprised to see Jerry on Ely getting a lot of snaps in the slot, as well as Henry Parrish. They're going to use those two guys as weapons all over the field, and I think it's a smart thing to do. What's the injury situation? Orlando Umana, Tavius Robinson, Braylon Brown, do we know that? We really don't. We really don't. You know, uh, we've consistently asked Lane about injuries and Lane's response, and we know his injury policy, so he doesn't comment on them. But his response is there have been no significant injuries to anyone we are expecting to have substantial playing time. That's that's what he tells us. So, you know, that's that's where we're at. The question is, if Orlando Umana isn't the starting center, who is? Yeah, I think if they, if that happened, I, I do think you would see Caleb Warren shift down to center. Um, and, uh, you know, then the question becomes who's going to be inserted in there at the guard position. There are a number of guys. Uh, Jalen Cunningham could possibly be that guy. Eli Acker has had a really good camp. Uh, he could certainly be that guy. Um, you know, Bryce Ramsey is going to be listed as the number two center on the depth chart. But I don't think that's what you would see. Uh, if uh, anything were to happen to Orlando Amana, I think you'd see a little bit of some shifting going on. If you could pick five guys before we move on to a pressing matter that's a big deal that we have to get to, but if you could pick five guys who've had a really good fall camp, who would you pick? Outside of the obvious being a Matt Corral. Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, to start off with, I'd go with Chase Rogers at tight end. I think Chase has had an outstanding camp. I think he kind of rose up to the top in terms of uh, the tight end battle right there. Um, I think, um, you know, I, I think, you know, and this may be obvious. I think both tackles, particularly Jeremy James, he's had a really good fall camp as he becomes more comfortable. Remember Jeremy started at guard last year. He's now got to replace that Royce Newman guy you talked about earlier, or you and I talked about uh, who is, who graded out as the best offensive lineman in the NFL over the weekend. And that's not rookies. That's everybody. Uh, you got to replace that guy. And that's Jeremy James job. I think he's had a really good camp on the offensive side of the ball uh, on the defensive side, Sam Williams. I'll start with him. I think Sam is taking things more seriously. Now. I think he understands this is his draft year that eyes are on him. Uh, money is at stake. And, you know, Sam's had a tendency in the past, I believe to, to, to be an All-American on one play and then take a couple plays off before showing back up. Haven't seen that from him. As a matter of fact, you know, I, I see some leadership ability emerging in Sam Williams. I see him coaching up younger guys on the sidelines, very engaged, even when he's not in the game. So uh, I like him. What, what do you want? Two more? Uh, uh, Keydron Smith, I think he's had, I think he's taken a step in terms of uh, his ability to play uh, defensive back, cornerback in the SEC and safety. Uh, he's versatile back there. Uh, and then um, I'm, I'm going to pull one out of my head here. Caden Costa, the, the true freshman kicker. I think Ole Miss has, uh, has healed its wounds at the kicking position. I'm expecting big things out of this guy. 
He's got a leg that I've seen him kick 54, 56 yarders in camp with plenty of distance and great accuracy. You see why Lane Kiffin used a scholarship on high school kicker. This kid is, uh, he's got all SEC potential. And I think he's going to help them win games this year. I also think it's going to stop Lane from going for it as much on fourth down because I think this kid has the, has the ability to kind of be a Mr. Automatic from anywhere from, from, from 45, 50 yards in. I think, he's, I think he's got the chance to be automatic. And that's huge. That is absolutely huge. So uh, those, those would be my five guys. Did Ole Miss get done what it needed to in fall camp to feel like they're in a good place going into Louisville? I know that's kind of a simplistic question, and everybody feels like they've done what they needed to do. Everybody's undefeated. Optimism reigns supreme in August. But do you think they got done what they needed to? All I can say is that there's a very quali- qualified and, and, and accomplished coaching staff out there. So, absolutely. I think uh, – I think they're they're ready. I think they will be ready, and um, you know, but he's in the barn, like we said. It's uh, it's all now about just sharpening the edges and getting ready for the little. Cedric Johnson coming up here shortly on the Modern Women phone line. I'm Ben Garrett. He's David Johnson. Again, if you haven't already subscribed, review Talk of Champions in iTunes, and when you do. Leave a five-star review. This podcast can be found wherever you get your podcasts. Just simply search Talk of Champions, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever. Just simply search Talk of Champions. Check out the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, the 247 Sports. We've got all your fall camp coverage, everything you could possibly want in the lead-up to kickoff. And David will be back on Wednesday, back in the saddle, churning out all that content that he does every single day. I look forward to having you back. If no one else, I look forward to having you back. It's been different. It's been different kind of trying to do everything on my own, David. I got to admit, I've been missing you, man. Well, I've I've missed you too, man. And uh, I'm excited about being back as well. Um, And, um, you know, it's uh, it's odd for me to to miss a week of fall camp. Um, But I've been keeping up with everything you've been doing. And you've done a great job. I appreciate that. And uh, just excited for a new football season. We'll get right back to David Johnson in this edition of Talk of Champions with Ole Miss defensive end Cedric Johnson coming up on the Modern Woodman phone line after I tell you briefly about Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford and Cheney's Pharmacy, two proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. What's your schedule looking like this fall? Don't answer that. I already know. Ole Miss football Saturdays, right? It's all back, and you're going to be there. But when you're making those trips, why not go in style? In the dream car, truck, or Jeep you've always wanted. Well, the only place to go for your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep is Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. From new and used sales to parts and service, Alan Samuels of Oxford aims to provide a truly stellar automotive experience. And what separates Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford from every other dealership is Alan Samuels aims to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. They're going to get you into your dream car at a price point you can afford, and the process is going to be as seamless as possible. Most everyone who's listened to this podcast should know by now. I only vouch for sponsors I truly believe in. Well, Alan Samuels has been with me the longest. I myself have bought a car from Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, and there's no better car buying experience. Make sure to ask for Byron or Mason and tell them that Talk of Champions sent you so that you can take advantage of any one or more of the services Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford provides. Contact them today at 662-234-8000. That's 662-234-8000. It's Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford at 2201 East University Avenue. That's just past Kroger. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. Let's be friends. It's the most wonderful time of the year. No, it's not Christmas time. It's football season. 
specifically Ole Miss football season. You want to be there, right? In the Grove, in Vaught-Hemingway Stadium, cheering on the Rebels every single Saturday. The only way to do that is to make sure you're healthy, to take care of yourself, to have a pharmacy that you can trust. Well, there's only one pharmacy in Oxford, Mississippi that can do just that. Cheney's Pharmacy, a locally owned pharmacy that's been in Oxford for over 40 years, as red and blue as the Rebels themselves. Cheney's Pharmacy offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there. Hands down, it's not close. So give Cheney's a call, 662-234-7221, or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday, 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can visit them online at cheneyspharmacy.com. Make sure your pharmacy is one you can trust. Cheney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. I didn't ask you this, but going to a college football game with fans, did it feel like college football again? Yeah. Yeah, it did. I mean, you know, and, and this was a different experience for me. It's the first time I've ever watched Eli play a college football game where I wasn't working and in the press box and, you know, having to watch the entire game as opposed to watching everything my kid did. And that was different. Uh, and it certainly felt awesome. That was great. Uh, but yes, you, the UTEP band made the trip. The New Mexico State band was there. It's a rivalry game. You know, it's a small rivalry game. They call it the Battle of I-10. Um, and, um, you know, points, you know, it was, it was, uh, it was rocking inside there. As I mentioned, half the size of Vaughn Hemingway, 32,000. Um, you know, 24,000 in the building. And, um, you know, yeah, it felt like college football. But even the tailgating felt like college football. You know, it's uh, it was great to see, particularly after the, you know, the stunning COVID did with last year. Um, fantastic. I mean, New Mexico, I think at this point, excuse me, is more open than the state of Mississippi. There's no outdoor mask requirements or anything, no social distancing. But I will make this point. So I get out of here. And I think the last I heard Mississippi's vaccination rate was 34%, somewhere around there. The vaccination rate in the state of New Mexico is 86%. It's the highest in the nation. And uh, their hospitals are not full. Um, and they're handling this a lot better than we're handling it back home. And uh, so, you know, it's, it's kind, of, kind, of, kind of was a wide open experience, hearkening back to the days before COVID. Well, I'm glad you got to do it, especially considering, I know you don't want to talk about this anymore, but everything that you dealt with in being on effectively your deathbed with COVID, to be able to go out there and enjoy a regular college football experience and get to watch Eli just play football, not worry about what Matt Corral did or anybody else did. I just get to watch Eli. You earned it, man. I'm happy for you. I was happy to just let you actually take some time off because I know you don't do that very much. Yeah, I appreciate it. And, 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 you know, everything I get to do after last year, even doing this podcast, I mean, I'm thankful for it because, uh, you know, I'm not supposed to be here, but I am. And, uh, you know, I, I praise God for that. And everything's from, from that point forward, I consider a blessing. So, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're blessed. You and I talk about this all the time. 
to, to have the jobs we have. I mean, it is so much fun doing what we do. Not to say there aren't stressful moments. And, you know, not to say that we don't always enjoy what we have to report as what we're about to talk about here. Um, it's not always just uh, victories and sunshine, but, um, but we're blessed to get to do the job we do with the people we do it with. And uh, I'm appreciative of that and appreciative of all of our listeners and readers and that's sport posters. We, we couldn't do it without you guys. I'm glad you bring that up because it transitions perfectly as perfect as it can, considering the story we're about to talk about with what Ole Miss is dealing with, because you've been talking about this or hinting at this and trying to prepare people for what's going on with Ole Miss softball. And before we really deep dive into it, what's the general breakdown for people that might not know what's going on? This is bad with Ole Miss softball. Yes, it is. And, um, you know, we've been aware of this for a little while and I want to, I want to start off by saying this. We try to do responsible reporting at the Ole Miss spirit. Okay. We, I have all the paperwork on the investigations and we'll, we'll separate those and talk about those in just a little bit. And I've had it for a little while. My stance on this is there are some very serious and damning accusations that everybody's read by now um, that let's be honest, if proven to be true, will ruin careers. If proven to be false, we are not as, as an organization going to, going to throw the rock and, and, and damn people with allegations that may or may not be true. Our job is to report what we know. We don't know that those allegations are true at this moment. Um, so, so I do want to say that. But what's going on is that there are two separate investigations going on within the Ole Miss softball program right now. One is a Title IX investigation, which is the investigation that is much more serious. The other is an investigation being conducted about possible infractions, minor infractions that occurred at practice, uh, you know, accusations being made of, I, I don't want to downplay this, but of quote unquote meanness from the coaching staff at practice. Listen, if you've ever been to Ole Miss football practice and watched uh, Rich Rodriguez coach, um, nothing of that nature could be going on within the Ole Miss softball program. And that's not saying anything negative about Rich Rod. He's a tough coach and demands a lot from his players. That's all I'm saying. And, um, you know, <clears throat> Jamie Traxel obviously is a tough coach and demands a lot from her players. So that part of the two investigations going on, and I've read them, I've read the allegations, I really don't think will amount to a hill of beans. However, the Title IX investigations and the accusations within it are explosive. And it's a mountain of, of, of damning allegations if found to be true. And, you know, as Marin Angus's report stated that she released Friday, which was subsequently picked up by Fox News and uh, different outlets, outkick the coverage all, all around the world, um, you know, she detailed some of that stuff. And, 
you know, if that any of that is true, and, and we'll get into the particulars, um, the whole coaching staff needs to be fired. And that's just an opinion, okay? But if it's not, we'll be to the people who made those allegations. And, and again, let me say this, Ben. You know, this is a program that has made scandal its companion in the last several years. Okay, Mike Smith resigned officially, but let's be honest, we all know he was forced out due to allegations made by, in part, by a player who is still on this Ole Miss roster, okay? And that same player is at the heart of these allegations that have been made in the Title IX complaint. And, you know, so with that being the case, and I'm just going to say it right here, I know for a fact some of the allegations made against Mike Smith were unfounded and untrue and made up, maliciously made up. Okay? So with that same player being a part of this Title IX investigation and playing a major role in it, that also makes us, as a media source, more careful about wading into this, perhaps prematurely, and ruining careers. And honestly, not just careers, but ruining the Ole Miss softball program. Because I'm going to tell you right now, Recruiting, recruiting, it's gone. I, I mean, what parent is going to send their kid into a program where those type of allegations have been made against the current coaching staff? And I'm asking that question, Ben. You may disagree with me, but that part of it is done. The allegation is enough to destroy recruiting efforts for the Ole Miss softball program. And look, you can't recruit, you can't win. You can't be successful. And, um, you know, that's my opinion. Agree or disagree? No, I, I got a couple of things here. One, there was so much discussion about the next big project for Ole Miss sports. And obviously everybody focused on Vaught Hemingway sure. Stadium, the Manning Center. But atop that list for so long has been improvements, if not a complete overhaul of the softball complex. Yeah. Well, now you got to hit pause on that. Number two, you got to hit, you do because look, they're launching a capital campaign in a matter of weeks. Right. Okay. And that was part of that capital campaign. And there are a lot of people that if these allegations prove to be true, they're not going to want to participate in that capital campaign with that still being on the docket. And then the but second thing that for me is, and I know that look, I don't cover softball. I don't pay attention to softball. I freely admit those things. This is your beat. This is why you're on to talk about it, not me. Because far be it for me to talk about this with no idea what I'm talking about. But from an outsider's perspective looking in, with all the scandal that has happened with Ole Miss softball over the years, I could understand the sentiment. And I've heard it already. It's more trouble than it's worth. Because this is not yeah, supposed to be what you get. Saying. Yeah from a program 
that is not a money-making opportunity, is not one that really generates much for you, moves the needle much for you, and yet you continue to get scandal after scandal. And the last time there was a major Title IX investigation into a Title IX sport, women's basketball, it resulted in the six-year colonoscopy for NCAA football, for Ole Miss football, and that is the moneymaker. So if you're an Ole Miss fan or a person like me who just does not know what's really going on here and just looking at it from the outside, looking in and trying to make any type of determination or form any type of opinion, number one, more trouble than it's worth. And number two, if it affects football, well, now we've got a problem. If the NCAA comes on campus, well, now we've got a problem. So those are the only two things that I could think of immediately when it came about when I saw these things. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and you know, that makes you wonder, and that's a great point to bring up, but it makes you wonder how that will affect how Ole Miss deals with this situation internally. Because I'm going to tell you, I don't feel like there will be any zeal or will uh, to fight to keep this staff in place if those allegations are found to be true. I mean, you know, you're not, you're not going to do it. I mean, you're going to dismiss them in whole in it, in their entirety. I do believe because all three principals on that staff are implicated in this title IX investigation. Okay. I mean, you've got Katie Reichovich Browner. Okay. The assistant coach who has allegedly had an affair with a player on the team who is allegedly the partner of another player on the team. That's what the allegations say. Okay. We're not going to identify the players. Of course, we know who they are. You'll have to figure that out on your own. But that is the, is the start of this. Then you've got allegations that head coach Jamie Traxel knew about this affair this coach-player affair, and covered it up. And not only did she cover it up, according to the allegations that have been reported, she also took the next step of bribing the player who was cheated on by her partner with the coach and the player who had the affair with the coach of bribing them with more scholarship money. And... All this is going on, you know, the scholarship money and all that sniffed out and figured out for the next season at the end of the season. So, you know, if you want to look a step further, you have one of the best players on the team, Jessica Puck, who released a video on the official Ole Miss site done by Ole Miss Sports Productions saying, I'm excited about coming back for an extra year. I'm going to be a rebel again all this great talk about Ole Miss and everything. Two weeks later, she's in the portal, and a week later, she's now playing for Arizona State, which is one of the best college softball programs in the country. She did not leave because of playing time. She did not leave because of lack of success here. Um, So, you know, the word is, and I'll, I'll say this, I mean, it's been put in my ear several times, she left because there wasn't any extra scholarship money for her. Well, why wasn't there? Well, look back to the allegations. Apparently, what might have been Jessica Puck's extra scholarship money went to the two players involved in the scandal as hush money, if you will. So, I mean, you can't prove that because 
that's the coaching st- staff's discretion, how they divvy up scholarship money. But it sure looks fishy, and it smells fishy, so it's probably a fish. Well, you go looking back at the original report, and one thing that stuck out to me was an anonymously sourced quote from either a former player, maybe a coach. I can't remember because I read the story, and then that was that. But it was from a person directly involved with Minnesota, its softball program, and nothing but negative in regards to Jamie Traxel, which immediately made me think, okay, how did Keith Carter, and I think Keith's done a tremendous job, make no mistake about it, but this is something that could come about with the first-year athletics director or a first-time athletics director really getting his feet wet. Keith is still, in many ways, a green athletics director. He's very young to the job. So how did you miss all of this background? Because it feels like, reading that, that Minnesota got one over on him. Well, great question, and, and I think I can help address that a little bit. Now, this is not my story, but I was told last night that there is a story forthcoming with as many as five on-the-record former Minnesota players' mental abuse during their time they were under Jamie Traxel in the Gopher softball program. Okay? Now, I don't know if it's true. I don't know if it's not true, but God dang it, it's certainly topical right now. And I don't like dealing in gossip and everything, but I got this straight from the media source who is going to publish this, who called me last night and and, and basically said, this is what I'm doing. This is what I have. Uh, so I, 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 I believe that story is coming. I also was told, there is an off-the-record source within the Minnesota Athletic Department that is going to offer some clarity on a little bit on the hiring process of Jamie from their side of the fence in terms of uh, you know what, what this media person told me, that source told them, was that Minnesota was – certainly not disappointed that Ole Miss came in and hired Jimmy Traxel. Now, we'll have to wait for those stories and let them speak for themselves, but but uh, you know, if you're following this, if you're interested in this, you might want to keep an eye out for those two things. Uh, that, um, you know, Minnesota was not in a position where they wanted to fight to keep her there. I don't know if that's true or not true, but I think that's the next round of stuff that is coming. So what happens now? What are the next steps? How do we move the story forward, if you will? Okay, I'll tell you what I've been told from the Ole Miss thing, end of things. I think there's going to be finality to one, if not both of those investigations this week. They're moving quickly. I will tell you this. They are taking the Title IX allegations as seriously as a copperhead in your bed sheets. Very serious. They are not going, if these things prove to be true, they won't be tolerated. And, you know, we're talking about these things. We talked about the, the, I guess, uh, romantic affair deal and the cover-up. You know, the other allegations are political coercion, coercion, uh, which is in social engineering, if you will, within the walls of the program. And, um, you know, that's that's a no-no. 
that's a no-no. No, you can't do that. You, know, you can't do that. cannot do that, and it was done. It's the same thing it, it, as a preacher it, in a pulpit. you got to keep that stuff to yourself, and you're just supposed to yeah, be a guy. Yeah, same deal. Yeah. God, and, God and political parties are separate. And, um, you know, and, and athletics and politics should be separate as well. And uh, particularly, you know, and again, Ben, you, you brought up a great point, you know, about, you know, there have been a lot of people that have worked really hard to get softball facility improvements on the agenda at Ole Miss. I mean, heck, I'm one of them, okay? I mean, I've been the only media person to pay that program any attention for the last seven, eight years. Now. Me and Bradley Sal on this podcast not two weeks ago talked about how the softball complex had to be atop the agenda. And now you got me yeah. saying, no, if it's going to be like this, more trouble than it's worth, constantly having to have a headache that could bleed into other things, not to say that it's going to, but that it could... No, you pause it because this is just this is you can't accept this. Well, this isn't okay. You know, you know, and I'm, I'm listen. I, I like Jamie Traxel. The dealings I've had with Jamie have been very good. She's been very good to me in terms of of covering her program, and so has Katie, and so has Riker Chase. Um, you know, so so understand we're talking about something that we we really don't want to be talking about. But then at this point, it, let, let's just say, you know, she's vindicated. They're all vindicated. What kind of support is going to be left for the program from Ole Miss people? There's only one I way mean, this because, ends for those guys. I'm sorry. Yeah, I agree. I, and, and, I mean, I hate to say that, but you see there is blood in the water. Uh, and if this stuff proves to be true, I, you, you just can't. There's no tomorrow for it. There is no tomorrow. You have to push the reset button, and you got to push push it quickly. I mean, this is uh, this is a big deal. This is a big deal, and uh, it's unfortunate because as we opened up talking about this, it ruins careers, it runs lives, and uh, but you cannot, as a coach, I don't care if it's between adult and adult in that authoritative position as a coach at an SEC softball program, you cannot sleep with your players. You cannot be involved romantically with your players. You cannot do that. And you damn sure, as a head coach, cannot cover it up. And you damn sure cannot do it by unfairly distributing scholarship dollars, if this is true. If this is true. That is the caveat. Now, Ole Miss isn't saying anything right now. I know why. Because of the investigation. Hey, look, I, don't, I don't think you'll mind me saying, saying this. I talked to Keith Carter last night. We talked on the phone. And uh, I can tell you Keith is taking it extremely seriously. And, um, you know, he's the one that told me he thinks they're going to wrap at least one of those investigations up this week. Um, but they're taking it seriously as they should, as they must, um, you know, and, 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 you know, whatever happens from here is not going to be good either way. Um, then, I mean, as soon as I called you, got you to post that link to the story up on our board, because knew it was going to break out like wildfire. And, you know, I read the comments under there. And as you have said, you and Brad talked about, We've got to do something over there. There, there are a program on the launching pad. 
the sentiment on the message board, which is always a good temperature check of the Ole Miss fan base, was, man, softball's not worth this. It's no, not it's worth not. it. No, it's not. No, it's not. And the question for me is, and it feels selfish to ask this, but I know this is the number one question for most every Ole Miss fan that isn't a softball diehard. Does it bleed into anything else? Because to start this thing, like I I said, yeah, Title IX of women's basketball led to the six-year NCAA colonoscopy. So, yeah, I don't think this. I don't think this will. I I think. uh, I think. I think everybody. Every other program in Ole Miss, I think they're, they're 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 squeaky clean. I don't think this transcends into any other program. I don't think there's any chance of that happening. I've heard that nowhere. Uh, you know, the NCAA is kind of a neutered organization right now. Um, I don't think that's going to be the situation here. But it's going to have a damning effect on this program. Again, no matter what happens, let's say the staff is vindicated. Recruiting is shot to hell and back. Okay? There's it only is. one way this ends for that staff. It's got to. I mean, I agree with that, Dan. I, 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 you know, and I hate to say it because I like those people. I really do. I like those people. I like Riker. Riker. Riker's a great guy. Okay? And, uh, and, and he's got the potential to be – you see potential written all over him. He's got the potential to be one of the top college softball coaches in America one day. Um, you know, Katie had a bright future. Katie was on track, and maybe she still does, but she was on track to become – she was going to be a, a power five head coach. Um, you know, and to see uh, careers put in jeopardy like that. But, again, I, I go back to that's why – and Ben and I talked about this profusely, and he'll, he'll testify to that. Do we need to do it? Do we not need to do it? You know, do we need to, do we need to be out front? on this story and we both agreed we did not need to be out front on this story until no. there was some settled dust on it no. and that's why because you know look there are always what three sides to every story your side their side the truth um, and we don't know the truth yet so so I want to emphasize that as we're talking about it we do not know what this investigation is going to show we know there are some damning allegations that have been made um possible possible uh, you know th- th- this could get into the courts at some point as well I am told um, to save the program to me at this point you have to unfortunately push a reset button for the third time in three years because Mike Smith resigned Ruben Felix came on as the interim Ruben was was removed from the equation and then Jamie Traxel was hired um, and, you know, all the program's done in the last six years win, is win. And um, it is a shame that uh, it's going to have to overcome this one way or the other, whether that's with a new staff or whether that's with this staff. But, again, I think the goodwill of the program is gone. That's the thing here that will not show up in an investigation, that, that you, you don't have metrics on, is that, I, I just I know the people in Mississippi. I am one of those people. I don't think the support is going to be there moving forward. Then, am I right or am I wrong? You're right because you can you have to walk a very thin line as a Title IX sport. Now, Ole Miss fans will support you if you win. They'll be all in with you. But if yeah, this happens, if this happens, 
that's gone. You just have to keep your head down, keep your nose clean, and win. And win. And when you stop doing those things, it almost has one, but when you stop doing those things, keeping your nose clean, keeping your head down, and you become a headache when you're a non-revenue generating sport, that's the death knell. That is. It, 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 it's, you know, you're, as, as a head coach, you're responsible for that element of the program as well. And uh, that, to even get to the point that there is an open and active Title IX investigation going on with such horrific allegations. Horrific. I mean, I, 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 you know, you could brush them aside as, well, there were two grown people who had an affair. What's so horrific about that? Again, you get into the coach-player situation. It How is true that, that they're two recruiting? consenting adults. That's true. But even, yes. even saying that, you have to contextualize it because that's a position of authority. This is a program. That's a coach. That's a player. Yes, they're consenting adults, but just because they're consenting adults doesn't mean because of where they are and what they're dealing with here that there aren't consequences for actions. Yeah, and you know what? It's it's the allegation of cover-up That's that right. makes that so damning. That's what it is. I mean, it's the fact that in the allegations of people were bribed with scholarship dollars at state. And, and, and again, we made the connection with Jesse Puck that perhaps – one of the team's best players was you know, screwed in that equation, and she got in the transfer portal. And where did she end up? At one of the top programs in the country. That's how good of a player Jesse Puck was for this program. Can't happen. So when you start doing things like that, and kids, good kids who have never been in trouble, who worked their tails off during their four years here, start leaving your program because they were treated unjustly, you just can't tolerate that either. And, and look, Jesse Puck's name is not anywhere in any of this stuff. We're making that conclusion based on what we know. When she left, what she said two weeks before she left, she was fully coming back. Season ends, scholarship money meetings are held, Jesse gets in the portal. Then allegations come out that scholarship monies were used elsewhere to help cover up an unfortunate situation, to say the least. And then the whole political coercion stuff. You know, just just that that there's no place for that in any program where you're you're browbeating your players into voting a certain way. And and and, and you, know, you just can't do that. I don't care how woke you are or whatever, whatever you want to call it, you can't do it. You don't have the right to do that. So anyway. Well, David yeah, Johnson so we'll will be covering this. Yes, you'll be covering this better than anybody. You'll be on top of it. You'll be back in the saddle on Wednesday. I'm sure that you'll have every new development that comes about it. The bottom line is it's bad. And if you made me guess, I'm not putting words in David's ma- mouth here, but if you made me guess, there's no way this ends in any other way but this whole staff being gone. And Ole Miss softball no, I, having I, to completely reset. No, I, I I totally agree with that assessment at this point. Maybe there will be some new developments and things break the other way. But if these things are true, and a whole lot of people, this is what you got to understand, a whole lot of people, I think the article said 13 people associated with that Ole Miss softball program say it is true. It's hard to get 13 people to, to, to go along with a, a lie, yeah. a fabrication that is going to ruin so many lives and really ruin a, ruin a program. It's going to. I mean, again, 
I'm a daddy out there, and I'm reading this about a, about a softball program and the people in charge of that program. My little girl's not coming within a hundred miles of that place. Period. And you know, there may be some people who think differently than me, but I would never, ever, ever, ever put my daughter or your daughter or anybody else in in a situation where those things are being alleged. Not going to happen. And uh, I pretty much believe that's the way most of the daddies and mamas out there, uh, these four- and five-star softball players and three-star softball players, are going to feel. you got to push the reset button. you know. And, and the capital campaign may offer a great opportunity to push the reset button because, you know, a fresh staff. And as you said, Ole Miss people will support you. They will support you. They're not going to support this if it's true. But a new staff rolls into town. A capital campaign is underway to improve the facilities. It, it, it can be salvaged. It can be salvaged. But um, I'm like you, Ben. I, at this point, I'm not sure how. I, I just I'm, I'm not sure how. And the only thing we can ask of, of, of the administration is to do the right thing. And I will say this. I have complete and total confidence that Keith Carter will do what he thinks is the right thing for Ole Miss. He's David Johnson at Rebels247 on Twitter. We both write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, and affiliate of 247 Sports. Be careful coming home, my friend. I look forward to seeing you. Okay, man. Thank you, Ben, as always, and uh, we'll do another one later this week. That was David Johnson. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Ben on Twitter. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review Talk of Champions in iTunes, and when you do, Leave a five-star review. Doesn't matter what you say as long as it's five stars. Available wherever you get your podcast. Just simply search Talk of Champions. Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, Stitcher. Just search Talk of Champions, and we're there. We both write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, and a fleet of 247 Sports. Going now to the Modern Women phone line to speak to Cedric Johnson, Ole Miss defensive. And before we do, let's hear from BNA Bank and Modern Woodman, two proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. Reason number 12 to bank at BNA. We are the bank for Northeast Mississippi. We have one home, Northeast Mississippi. Seeing this local Northeast Mississippi economy thrive and helping the people of our area with their borrowing needs is our only focus. From buying a home to starting your own business, we are the team of local lenders standing ready to make your dreams a reality. BNA Bank. We are the bank of Northeast Mississippi. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Are you looking for a career change? Maybe COVID threw you for a loop. Maybe it's time that you did something else. Maybe you're just tired of working nine to five for 40 hours every week just to make money for someone else. Well, our phone line sponsor, Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, is looking to hire new financial representatives here in Mississippi. No background experience is necessary. You do have to be a resident of Mississippi, but what he's looking for is someone who is highly self-motivated and wants to make a difference in the lives of others. A full-time position comes with benefits such as health insurance, a matching 401k, and a pension plan. Don't wait around anymore. It's time to make a change. So for more information, feel free to reach out to Thomas Chandler today directly through Facebook or his number at 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. Make the change. Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, the title sponsor of Talk of Champions. The Modern Woodman Phone Line. Cool. We'll talk. No big whoop. No big whoop. 
where the best Ole Miss guests from far and wide drop in to talk the very latest in Rebel sports. Modern Woodman, let's make a difference together. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. Going now to the Modern Women phone line to speak to Ole Miss defensive end Cedric Johnson. Before we do, winning season returns at mybookie.ag, and it's time to get in on the action. First-time players can get started by doubling your first deposit, giving you the firepower to add excitement to the games you love. College football odds boost, NFL lock of the season, and over $500,000 in contest prizes live on site to make this winning season your best ever at MyBookie. With an historic 18-week schedule offering more action than ever before, you need a sportsbook casino that's reliable, and you won't find a better place to play than MyBookie. I know you're going to bet this season, so do the smart thing. Sign up with MyBookie and use my promo code TOC, Talk of Champions TOC, to get your first ever deposit match dollar for dollar. That's extra money credited to your account instantly just for using promo code TOC and making your first deposit. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. Joined now by Cedric Johnson, Ole Miss sophomore defensive end. What's up, man? How you doing? What's up? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for coming on and doing this, man. How's fall camp been? It's been good. Long, long, long grind. Glad it's finally coming to an end, but I feel like it got a lot better. Have you hit the wall, though, where it's time to play somebody else? Oh, yeah, for sure. Excited. <laughs> Everybody's excited, too. And now that you've turned toward Louisville, what is the difference in preparation? How has it changed as far as the first few weeks of camp compared to now? Um, like earlier, we were just playing against each other, really, like not really even too focused on Louisville. We're just really like getting fundamentals down, techniques on how we're, how we're just going to play, just being a being a good team overall. And then um, now towards the week, we're starting to look more into how they're playing, just scheming things against them. When you looked at Louisville on film for the first time, what was kind of the breakdown for the Ole Miss defense? What did y'all see in that offense? Uh, we seen um, – we just really feel like we, we could take advantage of like our effort. We just feel like we're just going to be a overall dominant team against them just overall in every aspect. For you, it's your second year, said, and this time last year, you're a freshman just trying to get used to stuff. How much different are you in year two entering fall camp or in fall camp compared to last year? Uh, fall camp was a lot different last year. We weren't here 24-7, but I, I'm definitely a lot more confident than I did last year, you know, um, just across the board, just everything, um, run, run block, pass rush. I'm a lot, I'm a lot confident. Everybody's confident in me. So I'm just ready to go show my, show my team what I can do. You came on so strong at the end of last year. When did it click for you? When did you know, okay, I think I'm figuring this thing out. <laughs> um, definitely, definitely towards the end of the season where I, where I, after the first few games, definitely nerves were kicking in, but towards the later games, I started settling in a little bit more. All right. Now everybody has this kind of story said. The one where it was the welcome mm. to the SEC moment. What was that moment for you? Mm. Was it in practice? Did you get your bell rung a little bit? Like when did it happen? Did you go, oh God, okay, I'm in the SEC now? Yeah, yeah, it was definitely um, probably one of our first scrimmages. Just the speed, just the speed and everything, just how fast everything's moving. All guys just flying around. Everybody's everybody's strong. It's just a lot, a big difference. A lot of freshmen are going through what you went through last year. When did it start to slow down for you? And how do you get it to slow down to where you can play fast in the game? It's just a part of it. Really, uh, the first few games, you just, you're going to have to settle in. You're going you're gonna to have to take it all in your first few times because it's, it's a big, it's a big, just a huge crowd. It's a lot. It's your first time even experiencing something like that. 
But um, as you settle in, get more comfortable, uh, get confident here in your own technique, know the plays, know who you're going against, scheming up things, your coaches your coaches get you right. I mean, you're, you're going to be ready to go. I want to go back real quick. For a lot of people that don't know the story of it, your recruitment, why did Ole Miss end up mm. being the spot for you? Who all were talking to you? Who all did you consider? Uh, well, first, Ole Miss was my first SEC offer, and that was really the only goal I had just to play in the SEC period. But I was definitely talking to other schools, Tulane, South Alabama, Southern Miss, things like that. But my main goal was really just playing SEC, and then Ole Miss came with the opportunity. So I just wanted to go ahead and hop on that as soon as possible. Exactly. It feels like you committed to Ole Miss pretty early. You knew what you wanted, and you just went with it. Um, When they offered you, when they came with that first SEC offer, what did it mean to you? And was that a big reason why that you ended up here? Because they saw in you early what you could be. Oh, yeah, for sure. It was a big, big confidence booster. Like, oh, this SEC team is really, really, really things I plan in SEC. So it was just a just a big confidence booster and just made me even more, made me confident into them so that they could develop me to be a player that I want to be, the player I want to be. How close are you, do you feel, to being the player you want to be? Not close at all. I still got I mean, I'm, of course I'm getting a lot better, I'm for sure. But, you know, there's always room to progress. There's always room to be better. I, I don't think I'll ever be the player I want to be feel like I'm always going to be pushing to get there. Where have you grown the most? Do you think pass rushing, definitely pass rushing. Coach Jordan, he has a lot of techniques. He has a lot of new things. He's been showing us just, uh, just, it's a lot. I wish I could tell you, but, but you just don't have to see. For you, as far as pass rushing is concerned, what all tools do you got in your toolbox? What's your go-to? Well, maybe you don't want to give that away, but what do you, what all tools do you got in the toolbox to get to the quarterback? What do you use? I don't. I don't want to really throw that out there, but let's just say a little bit of everything. When you got your first sack, what was that like? Mm-hmm. Take me through that moment. Just the whole thing that went into it. Do you remember it? Yes. Wait, which one? Which game was that? Was that Army game? I believe that was Army game against right. Nice. But yes, that was crazy because I messed up the first play. The first play was exactly the same play I got the the, the, the first sack, but I messed that up. Then they called the same play again. I was happy. I was like, oh, yeah, I got to take got to take this opportunity. Then it finally happened. It just fell right into my hands. It was just a great feeling. This defense, there's so much being put into how it was last year. Y'all flushed it. Y'all are just basically saying, we're not even thinking about it. We're starting over. So knowing that, mm-hmm. what have you seen defensively in fall camp that gives you confidence that come Louisville, y'all are going to be a different group? Everybody just everybody just a different – just just a different individual and then we're all coming together to put to make it just a great team overall and we're just got a different effort we got a different standard we're holding it we're holding everybody accountable so it's just going to be a good overall experience for all of us and we're gonna we're looking to go all the way what newcomers like you last year have impressed you so far definitely Tassim Johnson for sure he's um been been a big been a big 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 what am I trying to say? He's been a big show out player for us lately, and he's gonna he's gonna be playing a lot. Jamon Gordon, Isaiah Iton, those guys. How have y'all incorporated them? And do you feel like as a defensive line group collective that y'all will be better or more consistent at getting to the quarterback, causing pressure, all that kind of stuff? Have you seen signs of that in fall camp? Yes, sir, for sure. Everybody's everybody's been getting better at pass rushing. Well, we're all gonna begin to the quarterback. You can believe that. And Jamon and I, they're both, they're both really good players, big, strong guys, and they're going to get back there too. 
See, my former co-host of this show used to be Ole Miss defensive end Ken Lockett, and we talked all the time about how they used to have this competition. It was basically like a competition who can get to the quarterback first, right? And that became right. what just fed everybody. Do y'all have that kind of thing? It's mm-hmm. like, okay, look, whoever gets to the quarterback first, it's just about, hey, let's have a party at the quarterback. Right. It's definitely, we, definitely, we definitely have a competition where, like, see who, see who get the most sacks. We're just going at it. It's all, a, it's all a big competition trying to see who can be the best. What do you like most about this team right now? What do I like most? I think um, just us, just us being brothers, just all of us coming together, just being one team, just wanting to play for each other, and just it, I feel like it's gonna show on, on TV and when you see it in person. I just I just feel like that's a big big product of us. Now big. I know you're gonna say your goal is to win. So getting that out of the way, yes, Cedric, his first goal is he wants to win. But do you have personal goals mm-hmm. you've set for yourself? I want to be I want to be the best pass rusher in the SEC. Of course. That's what I wanted to hear, said. Because, look, I've been tooting your horn since I've been recording this podcast, I don't know, since <laughs> last year. Because I feel like for right. you, when it clicked, there was no stopping you anymore. So now, is there a number as far as sacks? Do you care? Or is it just about being an every-down kind of guy and then taking your game to that kind of level? What is that overall goal? Nah, I'm not I'm not sure about the number. I definitely – I'm just going for as much as possible. I'm shooting for the, shooting for the stars. How confident is this team right now? extremely confident i feel and we're and we're just working on top of that confidence just building even more confidence when you play against that offense every day as a defender how tough has it been do you see any drop off at all losing a couple of guys like elijah or maybe have you seen another level for matt corral what have you seen on the other side playing against that offense every day they're still just as good as you expect they're still going to be high top top three offense that you've seen they're still going to be just as good believe me Early on in fall camp, the defense, it, it was a struggle. But now y'all have started to really hold your own, if not get the better of the offense on a number of occasions. Right. What kind of growth have you seen overall from the defense since day one to now? I think um, it's really just us holding each other accountable. Dirt bringing us together. We're making us just trying to make us a good overall group of brothers. Just everybody bonding. We, we do things together now. or We've been doing things together. So I feel like it's just us growing together and coming closer together. It just, it just shows. Well, last thing, if an Ole Miss fan walked up to you right now, because I can only speak for them because they don't get to talk to you every day. So I'm talking for Ole Miss fans, and they come up to you and they say, Cedric, man, I'm so fired up for the season. I can't wait. I'm ready for Louisville. I'll be in Atlanta. What do you tell Ole Miss fans that are fired up right now? I, I would tell them they should be excited. There is a lot to expect. I feel like they're going to enjoy the season. They're going to enjoy their first game. I'm excited. They should watch out for everybody. Matt Corral is going to do his thing. I'm going to do my thing. Whole D-line is going to do their thing. Just, it's just going to be a fun experience. I've had so many other players on this podcast. I've had Ashanti. I've had Jonathan Hess. I've had a lot of guys on this podcast, and they've all said the same thing. The expectation is the college football playoff. Is that your expectation too? Absolutely. I'm so glad you came on. He's, he's Cedric Johnson, Ole Miss defensive end, sophomore defensive end. Thanks for doing this, man. I appreciate you. We'll talk again. No problem. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.